love Lucy. And I'm Diana, and I, you know, like Lucy. And this is My Favorite Redhead, the podcast where I show Diana every I Love Lucy episode in order, and then we discuss them together until she and all of you love Lucy too. This week's episode is number 19, The Club Election. It begins with, it's another frame story, like other frame stories we've Mm -hmm. seen before. The fate outline, if you will. It starts off with Ricky feeding a baby, and Ethel comes in because she's looking for Lucy. And she's out buying clothes because the baby just keeps growing, you know, as babies do. And Ethel wants to tell Lucy that the Wednesday night... Wednesday Afternoon Fine Arts League. Yes, the Wednesday Afternoon Fine Arts League. I'm going to need a mnemonic for that. (laughs) Anyway, they're meeting on Friday. And so they have this very funny back and forth about, well, we usually meet on Tuesdays, but it used to be Thursdays because Wednesday night doesn't work for everybody. Which, is that not the biggest mood? Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) That's just uh, adulthood encapsulated. Just, yeah, (laughs) D&D groups or like social clubs, just nobody can find a night to meet. So, Ricky laments that Lucy gets too involved because that just means that he gets too involved. And it turns out that tonight they're nominating officers. And that just sends Ricky into, like, a flashback. So, in the past, in the before times, Lucy begins by preparing for the meeting. She's confident that she's going to be at least nominated for something, if not everything. Mm -hmm. And she'll certainly be elected. And uh, Ricky's like... Great. So Ethel comes in and she's really impressed with Lucy's new sweater that has a matching purse. And I have to say, when she walked in, I was like, that is a pretty sweet sweater. Mm-hmm. I was like, it looks buttery, you know? Yeah. And it's cashmere and it's it looks nice. Very classy look. Yes. And it has like all this embellishments along like the collar and down mm-hmm. the down the front where the buttons are. I want to know what it looks like in real life, like in color, like... Okay. I want to know how you wash it. True. You can't put that in the in the in the clothes with the dishwasher. <laughs> you can't put that in the washing machine because all of those little gems and things are gonna pop right off, and it's gonna shrink. Yep. Ugh, probably dry clean. Anyway, so not important. So, um, Lucy and Ethel are talking about this woman who wants to join, and Ethel's like, "Oh, I don't know." And Lucy's like, "But she's loaded, though." <laughs> and Ethel's like, "No, you're right." So then. The punch bowl. Think of the punch bowl. The punch bowl and 20 <laughs> cups, which is funny because there's, what, six women? Mm-hmm. So, well, what if they have guests? Well, if they keep admitting new people, they're going to need new cups. Yeah. So keep it small. So Lillian Appleby shows up and she's fawning over Lucy's sweater and purse, but she wanted to gossip. And she's like, this uppity bitch. But then as she's getting into this story... The uppity bitch shows up and everybody's like, oh, hey, girl. Because, you know, you know, (laughs) the whole tone changes. And then all the ladies come in and they start the meeting. So they've decided that they're going to accept this new rich woman because, you know, clubs are meant to have people in them. So that's fine. So then they get into the nominations. And Lucy doesn't actually get nominated for any positions. And in fact, you guys, in fact, Ethel gets nominated for president. And you can imagine... How that goes over. The president, Mm -hmm. when she nominated Ethel, was just so glowing and said all of the nicest things. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. That is true of Ethel. It is. She is a good friend and she looks nice and all of that stuff. Yeah. She's fairly good at organizing things. Mm -hmm. And yeah. She's always down to clown. So Mm -hmm. Lucy decides to call a caucus. And she calls Lillian, the woman who liked her sweater, who wanted to come over and gossip. She calls her to caucus 
in the in the kitchen. And of course, as soon as that happens, the rest of the ladies just erupt because, you know, well, I never. <laughs> well, then Lucy comes back out and Lillian is wearing the sweater. And then so Lillian decides to nominate Lucy for president because Lucy feels like it's more democratic if people don't run unopposed, right? Because, I mean, what's the point in voting if there's only one person for the role? Mm-hmm. Just the one role, though. Yeah. The secretary and the treasurer can... That's fine. Yeah. And the vice president. And, of course, Ethel takes that about as well as you can expect. Because we've seen these two go head-to-head before. So the next scene is they're back in the Ricardo's apartment, which I assume is that afternoon. Although, I don't know, the timeline's kind of sticky on this one. But it doesn't matter. Mm. Some time has passed, and they're, all the Mercers and the Ricardos are hanging out. And Ricky just... The, the tone is icy between the two ladies. They're very formal, very, like, overly polite. Overly cutesy with the pet name. Yes. Sweetie honey baby. <laughs> yes. And Ricky just can't help but just pour gasoline on it because he's <laughs> just a troll. He hates the drama, but, like, he starts it so often. He lives for it. Yes. So he starts showing Ethel the campaign posters that Lucy has made. And, of course, it starts off with basically... Lucy's the best, mm-hmm. right? And Fred is like, yeah, well, Ethel's got some posters too. And that also starts off with, Ethel is the best, right? And then Ricky's like, have you seen this one that says nerds to Mertz? <laughs> and I was like, Ricky, Ricky, <laughs> sir. Did you really think that that was just going to be like, oh, ha ha ha, that's funny. Well, that's got my name on it. Yeah. <laughs> so... Ethel is like, well, that's rude. And Fred is like, you should tell her about the one you made, which was also very rude. And Lucy was <laughs> like, really funny. Yeah. <laughs> and Lucy was like, well. And then, of course, it escalates. There were other options. And then Lucy's like, well, this doesn't need to get nasty, but it can get nasty. And then the Mertzes leave, and it just, you know, it gets nasty. It devolves very quickly. So our next scene is Lillian Appleby is on the phone gossiping because that's what she does. And the topic gets to the election and whoever she's talking to has decided to vote for Ethel. And she's, what she's doing is she's helping Lucy kind of pull the club and it's pretty split down the middle and turns out that their newest member, Ruth Knickerbocker, is going to end up the swing vote. So Lucy decides she's going to befriend Ruth and she's going to really like, really butter her up. And as payment for all of this, Lillian is taking the purse that matches the sweater. And she says that uh, she's not proud of what she did that afternoon, but, you know, the things you do for a friend. <laughs> yeah. And nice Proud purse. of that new look. <laughs> yes. So the next scene is Ricky is home alone and Fred comes in to see him and they're both very glum because they both had to eat beans straight out of the can, cold, straight out of the can, because both of the women are out campaigning, which is to say they're both whining and dining Ruth Knickerbocker. And it's women's work to get a bowl. Uh, yeah. And I don't know if they had a microwave back then, but we know Ricky knows how to work the stove. Yeah. So, my dude, you didn't have to. No. But anyway, they do because it's just like, sad boy is one thing, but if you can make your own suffering worse. (laughs) I just feel like the amount of effort that goes into making your suffering worse could have been directed toward lessening your suffering. Mm -hmm. But that's also women's work, apparently. So, they're both just lamenting how involved their wives are and they decide that they're going to scheme to also influence the vote and this was a turn i didn't care for in the episode because ricky was like well i guess i'll allow this which is like you try to stop her yeah (laughs) 
So Ricky calls information to get the number of Ruth Knickerbocker. And of course, hilarity ensues because he's Cuban, you see. And Knickerbocker begins with a K when it sounds like it should begin with an N. So they get some humor out of that one. But he ends up getting her number and he calls to invite her to the club. But of course, she's also already got a uh, date with Freddie Mertz. And he laughs because, you know, he was just talking to Freddie Mertz. And that guy was pretty quick off the mark. So our last scene is Ricky's at the club and he's doing what he does, which is he's just engaging with everybody in the audience and he's being charming. And he finds this elderly lady having dinner with one Freddie Mertz. And he decides to just shower her with all kinds of attention. He swings her around the stage. And um, at the end, he puts her at this table. And Fred shows up and he's like, hey, what's the idea? <laughs> and then the two ladies show up and they're like, oh, hi, Mrs. Mer- Mrs. Knickerbocker. And it turns out this older lady is indeed a Knickerbocker. But she's Ruth Knickerbocker's mother-in-law. <laughs> Ruth Knickerbocker herself was so sick from all the whining and dining that she had to stay home that night. Oh, and they both tied, by the way, and it's co-president. Which really is the way that it should be, anyways, with those two idiots. I was going to say those two, but not not American politics. No. <laughs> with those two, but... Um, we don't like to get political on this show, but... um. No, I don't think that the uh, two major parties should be like, let's just hold hands together and do this together. But, uh, <laughs> it just doesn't sound that likely. That's all I can say. Or pleasant, to be honest, because <laughs> you have to wonder which things get compromised on. Yeah. And speaking as members of some minority groups, I feel like it'd be us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the episode, the one that we just discussed, that aired on February 16th, 1953, and was filmed on September 12th, 1952. It was written by Jess Oppenheimer, Madeline Pugh, Bob Carroll Jr., and directed by William Asher. So this was based on the My Favorite Husband radio episode, Women's Club Election, or Liz's Elected Women's Club Treasurer, depending on which source you consult. <laughs> In that episode, it's a similar setup where Liz is confident that she'll get elected to at least one position, and then she has to be kind of underhanded to do that, but she ends up becoming the treasurer, and then George says she has to prove to him that she can keep the household accounts balanced or else he's going to force her to resign as treasurer. Oh, straight to jail. Yeah, so that's worse. (laughs) Uh, The shot of Little Ricky that we see in the wraparound scene, that was the same baby that played Little Ricky in Lucy Goes to the Hospital when we see him at the end, James John Ganser. And the shot was actually probably filmed at the same time because it's Mm. kind of uh, similar and the baby looks like he's about the same size. And this was the first time that we see Lucy and Ethel's friends Lily and Appleby and Marion Strong which your characters will see or have mentioned a bunch more times over the course of the series. So that's fun. Actually, I meant to ask you, did you notice that at the beginning when Lillian is gossiping about Marion and then when they're doing the club nominations, Marion nominates Lillian 
I didn't notice that. I <laughs> so didn't. Like, she's sitting here talking shit about her, and then Mary's isn't that just, just like, how it is? So you're the most wonderful person, and I think that she would be the best secretary our club could ever have. And the stuff she was saying at the beginning, she was like, "This bitch is so up herself." Yeah. Yesterday, on the street in front of everybody, and then Marion walks in, and she's like, "Oh, hey, girl." Yeah. Marion sweetheart. And yeah, so that's really funny. But, yeah, like I mentioned, we'll see these characters a bunch of times again. Marion was played by Margie List, who we discussed in our episode on redecorating. In that episode, she played one of the chicks in the party line phone call. Mm. I thought, yeah, I thought that sounded familiar. Yeah. (laughs) And Lillian was played by Doris Singleton. She was born in 1919, and she studied ballet and danced three seasons with the American Ballet Theater before getting into radio. She met Lucille Ball when she had a guest appearance on My Favorite Husband, and they developed a friendship and a good working relationship. So she appeared a bunch of times on I Love Lucy. She's also going to go on to appear on The Lucy Show and Here's Lucy a bunch of times. As well as having guest appearances on other shows, like On the Family, My Three Sons, and Hazel. Hmm. And actually, with Here's Lucy, she was originally going to be Lucy's co-star. They had a concept for the show that the two of them would work in an office together, and Lucy was going to be this, like, ditzy secretary, Mm. and Doris was going to be the more competent Mm co-worker. But then they decided to retool the whole premise of the show because Lucy wanted to star with her kids. So then it just became about Lucy as the single mom with her two Mm. kids. And she still got up to all sorts of Lucy shenanigans, but it was a lot less focused on her work life. So then they had to change their plans. And Doris did end up appearing on the show, but she wasn't like a main character. But she actually, I believe she was like the longest living adult recurring character from I Love Lucy. Mm. And she only passed away in 2012. So she did like a bunch of interviews and stuff. And like on my Lucy in Color DVD, she has, there's an audio commentary track on one of the episodes where she's one of the people doing the commentary. So it's really cool. And like she plays this like bitchy character, but with a lot of people that Mm. play like evil character she's a super sweetheart in real life yeah and um i really enjoy her and next time we see the character she's going to be renamed so i think we'll talk about that at the time but it is definitely still the same character by the way you guys if you hear that scratching in the background um the injured dog situation is still ongoing (laughs) and sometimes she gets bored yeah she's feeling better and she's like i'm ready to be free but like, everyone else is like, but no, you're actually still recovering. Yeah. And she disagrees. We're also ready for her to be free, but the vet <laughs> isn't ready for her to be free, so... But you try explaining that to an outdoor dog. Yeah. <laughs> so, the outgoing president, whose name we actually never learn, um, she was played by Lorraine Tuttle. Mm. She was born in 1907 and began her career in vaudeville and radio, She actually worked on this show called Hollywood Hotel with Frank Nelson, Mm. who we've seen as Freddie Fillmore on I Love Lucy, and we'll see him a bunch more times going forward, both as Freddie Fillmore and as other characters. They were working on this show together, and they were trying to get a raise so that the regular actors, like the two of them and their other co-workers, 
could get $35 a week. Mm. And at that time, the big name guest stars that would come in were getting $5,000 a week. Oh, wow. And they were having to fight for 35. Not oh, my 3500, but 35. Oh my god. And that's that was, quite a gap. Yeah, and it was a huge fight. Like it was an ongoing thing for a while. They did eventually get the raises, but the trouble of the experience and the difficulty that they faced and, you know, just how kind of a lot of the radio actors were kind of treated as like replaceable because it's like well you're a character actor you know you're not the big name i can get somebody else to come in here and do a funny voice so we don't have to pay you a whole bunch of money but that whole experience was so difficult that lorraine and frank nelson and a bunch of other radio actors kind of banded together and formed a union the american federation for radio artists and she actually went on to be the first female president of the organization. Oh, wow. So that's pretty cool. But she did eventually transition into television and movie roles. And she appeared in Psycho, which is one of my favorite movies. And just as an aside, there's a bunch of Psycho references in the Halloween movies. Hey. Because of the He's connection. Yeah. And also because Janet Leigh and oh, right. Jamie Lee Curtis. Right, of course. Yeah. And Jamie and Janet Lee is in one of the Halloween movies with Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, so it's very nice. But it's a shower scene. No, <laughs> <laughs> that would be very funny though. But yeah, so Psycho. She's in Don't Bother to Knock and Niagara with Marilyn Monroe. Which Ooh. Don't Bother to Knock is also like a crazy movie. Marilyn plays a crazy babysitter. Oh, and uh, yeah, it's a whole thing. And she was also in Perry Mason, The Real McCoys, Murder, She Wrote. And funnily enough, she was on an episode of the Mary Tyler Moore Show where she played a character named Bella Swan. (laughs) So that's a name that (laughs) continues on in pop culture, shall we say. It's not the most creative name, to be honest. It's not, but it's still just a very funny coincidence to me. And she's probably best remembered today, though, for playing Nurse Hannah Yarby on Julia with Diane Carroll. Hmm. She was Julia's co-worker, and she was very funny. So Pauline Lopez was played by Peggy Ray, who we discussed in Lucy Goes to the Hospital. She was one of the nurses in that episode. Grace Munson was played by Hazel Pierce, Lucy's camera and lighting stand-in. I had a feeling one of them was Hazel Pierce. (laughs) And we discuss her all the time. We see her all the time. So she was there. And Grace Munson is another... Actually, all of these characters that get mentioned, those are all friends that will either appear again or be mentioned again. Uh, Marion and Lillian are the two that are kind of like the most consistent Especially Lillian after she gets renamed, but these other friends, they kind of keep them around too. And Ida Moore played Mrs. Knickerbocker, Ruth's mother-in-law. She She was was so cute. Yeah, she was adorable. She was born in 1882, and her first professional work actually was singing to accompany silent films. Oh. So I like that. She got into- It's good work if you can get it. Yeah. (laughs) She got into theater and eventually made it out to Hollywood. And she appeared in Desk Set, Mon Pot Kettle, Fancy Pants with Lucille Ball, and she was even one of the old dolls in The Lemon Drop Kid oh. with our boy Bill Frawley. And Jerry Hausner, we didn't see him in this episode, but we have seen him a bunch of times over the course of the series so far. 
he actually did the coos and cries for little Ricky. No voices. So, what did you think of this one? I thought it was cute. I thought the pacing was pretty good, and I thought that, um, you know, I thought the boys were obnoxious. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, sometimes they, they do that for laughs, so it's fine. Yeah. And especially when they, they get their own back. Yeah, no, I thought it, I thought it was cute. I thought the, um, election was very funny. Brianna and I have been, uh, on a committee mm-hmm. in a social group before, and, uh, Brianna was a general council member, and I was secretary, so we've, we've been through that. I know when I ran, I was unopposed, or, well, there were two positions, and there were two people running for general yeah. council, so we both got the job. You were unopposed, too, or did you have someone? No, I think I was unopposed, but I think the person who was holding the job before me, I think, you know, they were the incumbent, right? Mm-hmm. But they were like, please, dear God, someone else be yeah. secretary. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want it, as, as we'll bring up in the favorite quotes, Secretary is a thankless job. Mm-hmm. And they were like, but I can't do it anymore. And I was like, this place <laughs> is run for shit. You guys need someone yeah. with some structure. And I don't want the job, but I don't think anyone else here can do it. Mm-hmm. So so that was all very um, accurate yeah. to me. That all felt very real. Yeah. So I liked that scene. That was fun. Yeah. I thought Lucy, we got to be her... Got to see her be such a monster. Just being like, I have to get my way. I have to be important. And it's right. very funny. And it's like, of course, naturally, the person that she'd be fucking over is Ethel. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, they just they just have such a toxic relationship. <laughs> I think, you know, in fairness, she was going to try and push her way into the presidency no matter who was the person she was running against because, I mean, if she's going to force her way into anything, it's going to be the important role. I felt like she was going to force her way into any position, but it was the fact that Ethel got nominated for president where she was like, well, hang on a minute. Yeah. It's that extra backstab that she's like, not only did no one nominate me, but they're also picking my second banana over me. As president. Yeah. I feel like if, if someone else had gotten nominated for president, she's like... Really? Do we want everyone to run unopposed? Mm-hmm. Like, shouldn't there be other nominations for other positions? But because Ethel got president, yeah. she was like, no, <laughs> this cannot stand. And then at a certain point, you know, they're going to run out of girls. It's not that big of a club. No. <laughs> we also got very close to having that problem. Yeah. <laughs> there are only so many of us regulars. <laughs> and that's how someone like me ends up in a leadership position. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also because I needed some allies yeah <laughs> i was like you gotta come with me somebody has to vote my way yeah i'm the only person with a brain here. and i was like i want to be in the little private meetings too and then she was like these suck this is yeah. boring like, actually no i don't want to be here no it's terrible <laughs> everybody's just like what are we gonna do what's the plan and no one has any ideas but everyone's like, we should come up with an idea yeah. and thinking that that counts as yeah. an idea. And then I'm like, I have an idea. And everybody's like, mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But not though. Yeah. I mean, anything but that. Yeah. Really. That sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. Work for me? Oh, yeah. no, 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 oh, no, 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 no. When it was work for you, that was fine. But don't care for it when it involves me. But we're not bitter about it or anything. No. As you can tell. <laughs> Mostly amused. To yeah. Be just what a shithole that place was. Yeah. <laughs> that was an interesting chapter in everyone's lives. Yeah. 
with that all being said, <laughs> would you like a little pop culture? I think we've already contributed some, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how can you not? A little bit of backstory there. <laughs> yeah, carry on. So, um, Lucy references the national conventions for the 1952 election between Dwight Eisenhower and Adlai Stevenson. And, you know, that's more history than pop culture. But this one had a particular impact on pop culture because so many people bought TV sets specifically to watch those conventions. And we've talked about before how 1952 was like a record year for television sales. Mm. And that was part of the reason why I Love Lucy got as popular as it did. Those two things kind of contributed to each other. People bought TVs because they wanted to watch I Love Lucy and, you know... People were watching I Love Lucy because more people had TVs than ever. So that political thing kind of ended up being a pop culture thing. Hmm. And there's actually an urban legend that Stevenson lost the election because people resented him for interrupting I Love Lucy with his campaign ads, which is very funny to me. And allegedly, he once received a telegram that says, I love Lucy, but I hate you. Oh, and my God. that is so funny to me. And I'm going to start saying that to people that are mean to me. <laughs> so <laughs> we learned something today. <laughs> and then Cuban Cabbie, which was Ricky's little song that he performed where he started dancing with Ruth Knickerbocker's mother-in-law. That was written by James Cavanaugh, Nat Simon, and John Redman in 1936. And it's one of Desi's signature songs. We do hear him sing that numerous times over the course of the series. And it does always have that little interlude with Celito Lindo, mm. which we discussed during our episode on the freezer. And because we hear that song sung on its own, and we hear it sung as a part of Cuban Cabbie, it's actually one of the most frequently heard songs mm. on I Love Lucy. I think it's only second to Babaloo. Wow. So that's fun. But yeah, this was actually a pretty pop culture light episode. Yeah. So that's about all I have. But did you have any favorite lines? I mentioned already that I like Secretary is a thankless job. And I also have a sec so very early on, like Ethel's second line. She's looking at little Ricky, and we get to see his little face. And she says, hey, Ricky, keep looking at me with one eye. <laughs> because that's also how I talk to children. Because I don't, I don't gel. And you gotta say something. But I don't know. I don't know what you talk to kids about. So just... Well, when they're that little, it kind of doesn't matter what you say. Because it's not like they're gonna be holding a conversation with no, you. No, you just feel like you gotta say something. And yeah. it's gotta be real people words. Yeah. So. I tend to just be like, oh my god, you're so cute! Which is also what I say to, but like, But you don't want to lie to them. cats. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, physically... <laughs> that one... That one got me. Yes. Point to me. <laughs> when I have children, they are actually going to be cute. I'm sure they will. So... You better tell them they're cute, even if they are ugly. You should see the way my dog is looking at you right now. I'm sorry, Samwise. He thinks cute is a word that specifically exclusively applies to him. And it does. My dog, may he rest in peace, was very similar. Any time I said the word cute, no matter what I was talking about, he'd start wagging his tail. Yeah. Because he was just sure that I meant him. Yeah. There's a lot of dogs in this episode. Thanks. A lot of dog drama. That checks out. 
So I did like when, when Ricky is calling uh, Mrs. Knickerbocker and she says she already has a date with Freddie Mertz and he says, I didn't know he could run that fast. <laughs> but then the, the last one actually happens earlier than I'm doing my lines out of order this time. But it's not so much a line as it is just a moment when um, Lucy is nominated for president. Ethel leans over and she just stares at yeah. her. With these, and I hope Brianna can find that screen cap for the episode picture thing because that that was the most eloquent stare. Yeah, and it also I've, really encapsulates what the episode is about. I try to find one that does kind of have that like high point moment or it just encapsulates what the episode says and that moment really did yeah. say it. Also, another thing I meant to ask you if you noticed or if it was when you were, like, writing your notes, but um, when Lucy stands up and she's like, you know, I think we need to have more people nominated so mm-hmm. it'll be more Democratic, the woman sitting next to her, which I'm pretty sure was Pauline Lopez, she was leaning across the way to put her hand on Lillian's arm to be like, bitch. And she stayed, <laughs> leaned across there. And it was very noticeable because like Lillian was sitting in this seat on the couch and Pauline was sitting in the chair right there. So she had to fully lean over to put her arm on there. But it was just the whole look of like, can you believe this shit? There's this meme that goes around every so often. And it's a portrait from the late 1700s that I believe is two of the daughters of George Third. And one of them just has her hand on the other yeah. one. And the text on it says, um, when you see somebody acting like an asshole in public, and so you have to gently touch your friend to tell her we're going to talk about this later. Yeah. It was very that. So that's that's a that's an image that we bounce yeah. back and forth between us. But also just the look on Ethel's face. We, we exchange that look very yeah. often. We spend a lot of time together, and we do a lot of fuck shit together. Yeah. And there are multiple moments per week, I think, when it's just like, I know what you're doing. Yeah. And you need to cut it out. You're not going to, but I need you to know that I know, and I'm judging you. I see this, and I feel like we all know it's a mistake. There's no point in saying anything about it, but... It's very bad. <laughs> Yeah, that's not a quote, but it was very relatable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It had to be mentioned, even yeah. though there was no dialogue. Yeah, there didn't need to be, no. quite frankly. And she held it for so yeah. long. Yeah, and Lucy tried to ignore it. Just and tried so hard not to look at her. finally had to give in and look at her like, what? <laughs> but she knew what. Yeah. <laughs> so my favorites were... Um, Ethel's campaign slogan, you can go further or farther with Ethel. Yeah, that was cute. I almost wrote that down. Yeah, and part of the reason why I like that is because it was a pop culture reference, but they did my job for me and immediately explained it. Yes. So I was like, that's a freebie. (laughs) And (laughs) and then my other favorite was Ricky saying, listen, you just think how involved my life already is with Lucy just being Lucy. I was going to write that one down, but then I was like, I want to throw a shoe at him. Yeah, that's fair. So. It, it's one of those kind of lines that's like, just because he's being an asshole, I I still can't help but acknowledge the fact that that was funny. Just because it's true doesn't mean you should say it. Yeah. And it doesn't mean everyone should laugh. He shouldn't say it, and we shouldn't laugh. However, I wasn't in the room at the time, so I feel <laughs> we don't comfortable know Lucy personally. laughing because it was funny. Sometimes <laughs> his, like, bitch takes... Are very hilarious. Well, he's really bitchy. Yeah, he is. He's bitchy and he lives for drama, yet he's like, you know, 
Lucy's too involved in this. She's this, and it's like, okay. She's so much work. Let me turn up the heat. Yeah. (laughs) You don't get to complain. You did this. Yeah. It's like, sweetheart, you live for drama. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you know this about yourself, but (laughs) yeah, he loves drama. But I think that's about it for this week, unless you had anything else. No, it was cute. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was a nice um, break after the last two being ones that were kind of like, Ricky, you're a moron. And an asshole. (laughs) And an asshole. And stop all of that. Yeah. And everyone was really mean last week. Yeah, it was a sad one. Yeah, to see Lucy and Ethel being... And they both got to be president. Yeah, they, they can't win harder than that. Yeah, that was a good outcome. And that's something that's going to come up again. Like, that's not a throwaway thing. The co-presidents thing is going to come up again in future episodes about their clubs. So. Even Mrs. Knickerbocker won because she got a date with Freddie Mertz and she got to dance with Ricky Ricardo. Yeah. So everybody wins. And Ruth Knickerbocker got to be wined and dined so hard that she needed to sleep it off. And she got into the club. Yeah. Which means the club got some new glassware. Yeah. Everybody wins. Yeah. Except the boys, but fuck them. Yeah, they don't need to win all the time. No. Society and now both has of their already wives set them up to win. Yeah. <laughs> but... Please join us next week when we'll be discussing the black eye. And oh don't worry, it's not what it sounds like. Like, don't audience worry, don't you worry. Okay. But, in this episode, I couldn't think of like a cute little quippy quippy line. Because <laughs> I like to have something quippy quippy. quippy quippy. So I just went with a Hamilton quote. <laughs> <laughs> Of course you did. Yes. In this episode, as Aaron Burr said Ooh. in Hamilton, rumors only grow. So, Ooh. we'll see you then for that. Is this going to be a thing going forward? You're just going to like make Hamilton quotes? No. I've seen a lot of musicals. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be Mame next week. <laughs> That would be on topic. Actually, I just pulled that one out of the air, but yeah, that works. Yeah. Mame works. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll see what I can come up with. All right. I look forward to it. You know what? We might need a little Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, you guys. Bye. Bye. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher to make sure you never miss an episode. And follow us on Instagram at My Favorite Redhead, on Tumblr and Facebook at My Favorite Redhead Podcast. Tweet us at My Fave Redhead or drop us a line at My Favorite Redhead Podcast at gmail.com. And if you love Lucy and you enjoy our show, give us a good rating and review. 